Hey everybody, this is the Birdman on the Birdman Show and we have an awesome guest today. This is a good friend of mine. Uh, she wrote an awesome book and we're going to be discussing this book today on the Birdman Show. And the name of the book is called Poise, Pain, and the author of the book is Dion Bingham. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for our special guest, Dion Bingham, and her book, Poise, Pain. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes thank you Dion. So yes, welcome to the Birdman Show, Dion. And we're going to be discussing your book, but thank you for coming on the show. This is your, like first radio debut am i correct you are correct i'm excited yes so yes me. yes no problem no problem so everybody listeners listen um before the show is over i want you to go to dion's uh facebook page i've post some things on the birdman show page so you can hit her up she's going to leave her information because after you hit her you are going to want to speak to her callers i got the phone on block dion just got on the air so we're not taking calls this fast <laughs> yes 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 indeed yes indeed so dion wrote this book everybody called poise pain this is one of her life's journey she's going to talk about it and um dion go ahead i'm going to give you the floor tell us a little bit about the book um before we before we um, get into the questions, just give the listeners a little bit about the book. All right. So the book is called Poise Pain, as Joey stated. Um, and the book came about um, because as a child, I experienced some um, childhood trauma. Um, molestation was the main uh, thing that occurred. And so um, the book came about because all my life I walked around and that's how I was seen as poised. Um, and I didn't even come up with the title of the book. As poised meaning, you know, I had it together. I was well put together. You know, everything seemed fine. But in the inside, you know, a lot of us, we hide and we mask pain. Um, so uh, the only way in order to cover it up is we have to walk around and pretend to be something that we're not. And that's how the book Poised Pain came about. So it's not just about molestation, but it's about overcoming anything or many circumstances that seems to have a hold on you from your, from your past. Wow, Dion, and that was a, that was a great summary and a great intro about the book, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is just not a, a book for women. This is an empowering book for everybody, and we need to read this at this time. And D, my first question for you was, what made you want to write this book? Okay, so that's a good question. To be honest, if I had to be transparent, um, because that's how you can heal. Um, I did not want to write the book. It was not in my plans to write the book, ever to tell my story. Um, but I learned um, that through a dream, actually, it wasn't even a dream, the Holy Spirit. I'm very spiritual. I was raised in a Christian household, and I was always um, in a deep connection with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so what got me to write the book, not made me, I just had to write the book, was the Holy Spirit uh, came to me and told me that this is a part of my journey me to write the book for me to be free i needed to write the book and that it was not really about me and writing the book that's why he preserved me even in my um trials even in my tribulations he still kept me um to be able to write the book and so that's how the book came about he told me i needed to write the book even the title came from the holy spirit um it was about three o'clock in the morning a year and a half ago and that's what i woke up to and so that's how the book came about um i did not even while i was writing the book i faced many times that I didn't want to even complete the book because it took you took me back to the place of 
um, infirmity took me to the place where I did not want to revisit, but it was necessary in order for whoever would read this book, whoever the viewers would, would um, be reading this book, um, they would be um, getting a chance to heal from anything that caused them trauma and pain in their lives. Yes, that oh my god, that was an awesome answer, Dion. And um I think that yeah, I think that a lot of people uh really uh they do you think a lot of people don't heed the Holy Spirit's warning with certain things and then they're like mad later because they didn't listen? To be honest, I think that a lot of people don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um because you're not going to just ignore, most people won't just ignore the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, and that's what I live by, that my sheep will know my voice. And how can you know his voice unless you're in his word? Yes. You know, so you can be listening to many people and many voices thinking that it's the Holy Spirit. And you can be missing many blessings because you're ignoring it. He said, I'm not in the wind. You know, the wind is loud and boisterous, And I'm not in the loud waves. He said, I'm in a still, quiet, small voice. And that's the voice that visited me on that morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and told me that this is what I must do. Now, had I not done it, I would not be receiving the many blessings coming from out of my pain. Wow. Um, and that's just as true as it gets. Exactly, Dion. I, I I hear you. That that is very in, that's very inspirational. And we're gonna <laughs> yes, and we're gonna move on, we're gonna move on to our next okay. question. Um, do you think the black community hides a lot of these issues, as far as molestation or drug use? It doesn't have to be that. But do you think the black community hides a lot of stuff? Oh, girl, don't talk about that. Don't say that. Sh- you better not put our business out there. Do you think we hide and shelter? those type of issues in the black community? To be honest, I know that we hide in shelter. I know firsthand because, um, one, we're, pri- we're a prideful community. Um, us as black people, we're, we're brought up on pride and what we should speak about and what we should think about and talk about. Um, and we do hide it. Um, and sometimes it's unintentional, but for the most part, I do think we hide it because as far as the molestation goes, um, it's an unwritten uh, rule that you kind of set that I'm not supposed to talk about this. I shouldn't um, dispose this information because it may involve other people that, you know, it shouldn't involve or I mean, it may um, let the perpetrator know that, you know, you're telling on them, they, they're seen, you know. Um, we do hide it. Um, and it's not because we don't want the truth to be told, but it's because we, we have an um, underlying shame that comes along with the issues that we face. So we do hide it a lot um, because we want to be seen as um, a better than or above. But a lot of times you can't face your fears and you can't face your obstacles if you don't, you know, be honest with yourself and you don't tell the truth. This is how why I wrote the book too, even though I did not want to write the book. I had to tell my truth. I said in my book that I was not going to die with this in me. I'm not, why would I die with the truth inside of me? It just doesn't make any sense. Exactly, exactly. That's, oh my God. D, you're on fire on this show today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking my truth. That, that's how, you know, so when you are authentic and can speak your truth, you don't have to think about it. It just comes natural. You know, you just, if it's your truth, you shouldn't even be ashamed to even say it. You should hold your head high and you should tell your truth. And that's just really how I'm, I am able to be free today. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great thing, I think. And so... Th- that's a lesson to all the other uh, people in the black community is yeah. we need to speak our truth, stop hiding things, stop sweeping things underneath the yeah. rug. We'll, oh, yeah. sh- quiet, don't say but nothing. How we'll... can you heal? Yes, how can you heal? How can you build the community better as a whole if you do not? 
Exactly, exactly. And then, listen, we say all of this stuff because we don't want the neighbors to know. You better not say nothing. Yeah. You know, we're trained yeah. on you better don't not tell. tell. Don't tell. Exactly. Oh, and I have an important, uh, an important point to that. I'm sorry. Um, when you said, um, do, do we hide it? Writing this book, I found out firsthand that um, not only was I molested by this older, older gentleman um, who was of military um, background, he also molested one of my aunts was older than me so it made, that's how you know it was being hidden because how could he get to the next generation how was this man who left my aunt able to get to me I'm like, right, right. like that should not have even been able to happen you know because you should you should have been in protected mode from that moment on when he came around so that's just another you know caveat to that that yes they hide it Okay, now listen. We're going to segue on to the next question. I mean, D, you're uh, you're 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 on fire for this to be your your first debut on radio. Hey, you have you you sure you haven't been doing an interview somewhere else? <laughs> I have not, but when you get to walk in your truth, it, it just it's freeing, you know. So you don't have to think about it. So our next question is: How resilient? Um, does your spirit have to be to uh, bounce back from tragedy? From that, from this, from your story, from your story, how resilient is your spirit? How bouncing back from this tragedy of what happened to you? I don't want you to tell too much about the book because I want, I want the listeners and the people tuning in to buy the book. So we don't want to tell them the whole story, but just enough to pique their interest. Awesome. Um, to be honest, from my experience. It's not about being resilient, although you need that. It's more about having the willpower within yourself to be able to tell your truth. Like, I found myself, I didn't necessarily have to be able to just bounce back. I had to find within me that that quiet inner strength that said, no, I'm going to be the one saying no for everybody that this has ever happened to and for everybody in the future that this will possibly happen to. They can, they have to know that they have a voice. So, um, yes, you have to be resilient. you got to be able to pick your head up, bounce back, and move forward. But you also really have to have a willful spirit, something deep down inside that you have to listen to that voice that's telling you this is not right, and you have a right to speak up about it, and you must. You have a duty to speak up about it. And, um, that's, that's how I feel. And, and Dion, do you think as a child, and not that people discredit children, but do you think when things happen to children at very young ages people will kind of hush them up because their kids are oh, you making that up or that didn't happen or are you sure you know what this this was a tragic incident to you where you are you you held it into adulthood or did you say something when you were a child that's a good question to be honest again um i was 36 years old and the only reason why I told my parents was not because I didn't think that they would do anything, um, but it was like I said, it, it goes back to, it was an unwritten feeling that I got from the perpetrator that, you know, you just don't say anything. This is between us. You you, you keep quiet or else. What? It was one of those. And mind you, as a child, I'm, I had some weight on me now, but as a child, I was frail. They pick out their victims. I was small. I was I didn't weigh much. And, I you know, I was a quiet child, you know, and I was peaceful and so I that. They just pick, they know who to pick, they prune their victims. Um, and so, no, people don't, I don't think that um, my parents or most parents, put it like that, because some do, just um, would have overlooked it, because um, I have in my heart know that they wouldn't. I think it's more so, um, you have, well, if, say let's say 50-50, 50% of the people um, hush children up or quiet them, because it'll interfere with what they got going on in their personal life. Right. So if it's the mom's boyfriend, if it's the mom's cousin, if the mom, they like, they're like, 
I don't even feel like dealing with this or facing this. We'll just try to keep you away from this person until this or or until you're older. And then the other 50%, um, I think they just don't, uh, they may not believe the child um, because they are so young. Right. And they may think the child has a, is saying it um, wrongfully or don't really believe it. Um, but there is a small percent that, like my mom, I know if I would have told um, that she would have done something, but something in me said, you know, this is not what you tell. He did never. He never told me not to tell, but it was a, a unspoken like feeling that I got that this is so shameful. It puts such a shame on you that you feel like you can't tell. Wow, that's yeah. uh, that. That's something indeed. This is a voice. I, I say again, listeners. Uh, in the midst of this interview, you have to check Dion's book out. The name of this book is called Poise Pain. The author is Dion Bingham. She's on the Birdman Show on Anchor FM discussing our wonderful book, everybody. You got to check this book out. We're going to segue to the next question. Uh, in the book, Dion, what was your most revealing chapter where you had to be really uncensored and telling your truth what chapter in the book is your most revealing chapter i would actually say there's two um there's chapter three which i call control freak <laughs> um because when you um i call it control freak because when you are um offended in such a way as a child and you're not in control of the things that's happening around you when you get older and as you get older you try to control everything around you you don't know that that's why you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I found myself trying to control everybody and everything around me. Um, and that, that could, could have been a detriment to a lot of relationships, a lot of things that I had to do in my life. You try to control things. And so in the book, I put how I can, I try to control men. I try to control, I know I did, control men. You know, I used what I had to, you know, have the upper hand on, you know, men and people and situations. Um, so the control freak chapter is definitely one um, that I had to tell the most. And the other one, I have a chapter called The, uh, the Truth Is, um, because I had to be truthful. This is where I had to be absolutely truthful with why I was writing the book and tell the people the truth about how ugly molestation can be and how ugly um, the outcome of what it can do to you. And, and if you don't catch it, you'll find your whole life just spiraling out of control. Right. And indeed, this is, this is so awesome. And from that question, from your answer, you know, uh, Children or people who have suffered that type of trauma or molestation, you you think they become control freaks because what happened to them, they didn't have control, so they like to gain control in other areas of their life? Oh, absolutely. Because as a child, like I didn't know this is why it was happening, but God revealed to me as I was writing a book. I'm like, because people used to always ask, why do, you, why do you so mean? Why do you always have to be controlled? Why do you always have to answer for everything? And why do you always have to be right? And then, you know, why I was writing a book, I said, you know what? I, I'm a control freak, and this is why. Because I, I asked, I'm like, why am I like this? And he told oh, let me know, because you weren't in control when you were a child. You couldn't control this grown man you know, basically on top of you, doing things he should not have been doing to you. He couldn't control that. And from that, as you you developed this mindset that I'm not letting anybody else take advantage of me. I'm going to be in control of everything that happens to me. Even though it's impossible, you try your damnness to do that. Wow. And do you, uh-huh. now, people, because, you know, I'm not an expert in this, D, and I know this is your truth. Uh, uh-huh. pe- people who... Uh, encounter that the molestation as you ha- would have it 
Do you think uh-huh. that they become control freaks or and or take the other um, role will or become very very promiscuous? Do is it is it a, a combination of things or is it is some people take one avenue and other people take another avenue? Um, from my experience and people inboxing me and talking to me and asking me questions and sharing their experience about being molested, you know, from various people, um, I would say it's a mixture. Okay. The reason, I would say the reason why I did not take the role where I was promiscuous, although I had the control part, right. there was a part of my life where I did use men in that way. And I say use because it's like, usually the man would say, okay, I slept with this woman now. I'm right, right. Say, no, I twisted it around. I would do that, and I would say, I'm out. And they're like, what? Like, right, right, I got you. Right. So I took that role, but um, I didn't become uh, promiscuous. Um, I didn't have a lot of sexual partners, but you have a lot of people that take that route because it still goes back to control. Okay. I'm going to control what I can control, you know, and so some people go turn to drugs. Some people actually become molesters themselves. That's the behavior that they're taught. Had I not had the background, the upbringing, and support that I had, even though I didn't speak out and tell them when I was young, I probably would have been one of the ones that was out of control. Right, exactly. That that that's <laughs> that's awesome. And just to be in this day and time, just to be transparent and candid uh, with things, because. We're taught not to say anything, like you said, yeah. being that we're a very prideful race, nobody's going to tell, oh, I'm not letting nobody know that happened to me or this, that, and the other. But it comes, like you said, it trinkles out in other areas of your life, and then you wonder why. Well, why do I do this, and why do I do that? And like you said, sometimes it's something that stemmed from your childhood that either you blocked out or you, you're just coming to grips with, but do you... Do you think anybody who has been molested, they would remember, they would remember it, or do you think it was so um, traumatizing to them that they blocked it out? Like, would a person know if they've been molested or not? Is it some type of behaviors that they display that you could you could say, you know what, I think something happened to me as a kid? I think from a very early age, even from a, a small baby. You you will see behaviors that are not normal. Um, I can't name names, but like even from a small child, um, I knew something happened. I didn't know the name for it. Right. I didn't know what it was. I knew it was wrong. So it's funny because even though I had never experienced anything negative until that point, as far as being sexually, um, you know, and violated, I knew instantly this is not right. You know, so I knew, and I do believe from a very young age, uh, people know when it's not a good touch. They okay. know when it's not, even if you're not taught it's not a good touch, you know, okay, this is not right. Because it's just, you just know it. It's, it's your innate um, ability that God gave us to know. Um, so I, I know for, and I even think I know from a young age, um, even from like two, one, you they start to act out. You know, you're like, why is this child uh, fighting, throwing stuff on the floor? Why is right. something's not right? You know, it may not be molestation, but something is not right. You don't wake up. And, and be angry and that your taught behavior or right. something causes you to act out. I was the you know, the happiest, you know, child that I can remember until this happened. The next thing you know, I was being called mean, nasty, rude, like and I was you know, and I didn't even at that time know why. You know, I just know people didn't want to be around me or if they were around me it's because they were fearful not to be put it like that. Right, right. And I was like, What is going on? And then I had thank God I got the insight that, you know what, this is why I'm like this, cause I, but you have to soul search to find out a lot of stuff. A lot of people don't want to dig. And I actually asked God, I said, 
why am I like this? What is going on? I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be, you know, what I'm portraying. I want to be who you created me to be. And that's when the revelations came, and I was like, oh, wow, that's deep. So it can really touch so many areas of your life, your finances, your emotions, your physical um, appearance, how you eat. You know, everything about you can be affected um, by being violated um, in that way. Everything. And so a lot, a lot of... A lot of times, Dion, when people are judging people or, you know, people we grew up with, when you say, oh, my God, I can't believe that they're still on those drugs or why is she still drinking or, oh, he's so bad or she's so bad or why is she so fresh where it may be some trauma somewhere that nobody is picking up on is is the reason why these people have these habits is not because they just want to be reckless. I was counseling uh, a couple that was about to get married, and the Holy Spirit told me because the girl was having issues. And I said, you know what? Um, You need to check your root. Everybody know anything with a root, you know, that's the nutrients. That's what what the whole thing is going to be made of. That's what the plant is going to wind up being. That's what the person is going to wind up being. When you plant that seed, that root, if that that soil isn't right and your roots are messed up, it's not going to grow or it's going to grow wrong. So I was telling them, check your root. Check what's wrong with you. Check what happened to you, you know, from a child. You know, deal with that before you move on to the next thing. A lot of people are walking around here, hurt people, hurt people. You know, people say that all the time, but it's the truth. And it's not the person that be acting out. It's the spirit. The spirit of not dealing with what has happened to them. Their roots are rotten, basically. Their roots, wow. you know, the core of who they are, you know, is rotten. That, that's just the bottom line and a lot of people want to be judgmental which at one point I was until I had to experience certain things myself and I said you know what's going on with your roots and the good thing about roots is that you can pull up the whole tree and replant it with new soil but you have to want to do that okay. it doesn't just happen you have to dig and soul search and say I'm going to make a conscious effort to change my roots change who I am So, and that goes into the next question D about revisiting your pain so you have to go back to that unhappy place to kind of figure out this what makes you tick like i have to figure out what's wrong with me because uh if i don't i'm going to keep on continuing on this spiral like you know doing the same thing over and over again Uh, unfortunately that is most of the case you almost always have to visit. You know how you, they say the, person, the perpetrator always returns to the scene of the crime? Yes. You know, kind of survey, see what's going on. You almost always have to, you have to deal with that. You can't keep, sweet. I kept burying it and burying it and burying it until it almost was non-existent to what people saw. But what was manifesting was my anger, was my hurt, was my pain, where they just saw the outside. You know, um, so I had to actually go and revisit. That's why it took me so long. I wrote this book in six weeks. No, I wrote this book in about a year and a half. Wow. Because I had to revisit the roots. I had to dig up some stuff. I had to, you know, that took a process. You know, I had to actually process as an adult, you know, what I couldn't process as a child. And I said, okay, wow, wow. And then the magnitude of what happened to me started to really make sense because now I can articulate. Now I can see. Now I, I got a full circle. And I'm like, if I don't deal with the roots, I'm just going to die a rotten fruit, basically. And that's just not good because that's not who God created me or you or anybody else to be. Now, let me ask this for the listeners and everybody that's tuning in, um, D. Uh, the perpetrator, because you know how we say with Oprah and forgiveness and all of this, have you forgiven the perpetrator? Have you forgiven them where you're in touch with them, but you distantly forgiven them and you don't deal at all? I have forgiven them 
only because it was a part of the process. It wasn't for giving him um, at first because, oh, I want him to go on about his business. And no, I forgave him because during writing the book, I had to forgive him because that's not, I would still have not been free. I still would not have been whole. And I kept my distance. Like, um, for instance, throughout the years, I've never said not one thing to the person, even though he would show up at family weddings, funerals, all kinds of events. And we would, he would give me the look like, I wonder if she knows or, you know, I know she knows her. And I would just act like he wasn't even in the room and you just keep silently uncomfortable. You know, even, and my mother and father still didn't know. You know, people around me still did not know. You know, and so I forgave him only from through writing the book. Wow. Um, I knew I forgave him because I finally felt free. You know, and and I and I knew I forgave him when I realized somebody said one day that he was dying of cancer, and I said, you know, wow, that's sad. You know, because if you you did that to me, I shouldn't feel any type of you know um, help helpfulness to you or any type of um, compassion for you. But that's not how God, you know. Deals. And when he truly heals you, you do care about the soul of the person. Exactly, exactly. Like yeah, like you said, you you didn't have that revengeful spirit because some exactly. people they they carry hate forever, and even though it's something traumatized them years ago, they still carry that hate for the person. But yeah, I had to um get that lesson too about let's say, well, forgiveness is not about the other person; it's about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah. so I I can totally relate to you i didn't have that um this type of trauma that you have experienced but mm-hmm. different things with people or whatever i'm like whoa like you said this book is just not about um having a molestation trauma it's about like you said just healing from a lot of things because a lot of people hold on to things hold on to people or habits or things that god is like you know what that season is over let that thing go but they still want to keep holding on to it yeah and i don't even think it's that they want to hold on to it. it it has a stronghold on you and if you're not intentional i mean just as intentional as you are getting up getting in the shower and going to work and doing your job you have to put be able to compartmentalize and actually be very intentional about healing very intentional about not staying stuck in the mindset that you have to grow up around or, you know, whatever your circumstances afforded you. Um, you just because that's your circumstance, I know firsthand that you do not have to stay there. You, it's a stronghold. So they don't necessarily want to, just like people on drugs, they don't want to hold on to that, and they have internal battles that they're fighting. But um, you have to be intentional about your healing, about making yourself self whole. Sometimes you actually have to be selfish. You know, in a good way. Selfish, like, I'm, you know, it's time for me to take control of me. Exactly. And indeed, uh-huh. listen, oh my goodness, you just, you gave such a great synopsis and just a great uh-huh. overall summary of that whole book. And I want you to tell the listeners if, you know, people listen, it's like, oh my God, that you know what? I really want to read her story. I really want to check this book out. Can you give the listeners your Facebook information or the information if they want to buy the book from you or where can they get the book if they want to purchase it? Yes. So um, on Amazon, you can find my book, Poise Pain. That's P-O-I-S-E-D-P-A-I-N. You can search for it by name or you can put my name, Beyond Bingham, B-I-O-N-N-E. My last name, B-I-N-G-H-A-M. Um, you can find it only on Instagram. Um, under my name, Dion Bingham, and also um, under my, um, I have a pen name that I used when I was writing this book, and when I signed my book, autographed my book, 
I'm not used to writing petite, which means freedom writer, um, because I literally feel like I felt myself being freed as I wrote the book. Um, so that's where you can find me. I'm on Facebook under my name, Dion Bingham. Um, yes, please support. You will be blessed. And if you haven't personally experienced it, you can get the book for somebody that you may know that has experienced it and let them know that you can be free. Wow. And, and D, if they want to hit you up on social media or if they want to inbox you because um they had a question or, well, you know what, I really wanted to ask or something. I know that one caller that as um, soon as they heard you, they tried to call in, but we couldn't take the call nor the interview. Um, if they want to contact you, do you have a special um, Poise Pain page or your regular Facebook page? How can people get in contact with you for the book? Um, if they want to contact me, they can actually um, instant message me on um, Instagram. They can contact me on Facebook in my inbox. Um, and I'm um, also, um, I created a, because a lot of people want to write and write their truth. It doesn't have to be my issue or what I had to go through. Um, so I actually started a, a book consultation um, writing um, program where I can help them get their thoughts and feelings and emotions out so we can have a more healthier and whole community as a, as a people. Um, cause molestation and other issues doesn't have a color. So um, yes. they can find me definitely on Instagram, um, or Facebook and they can inbox me. Okay. And what's your, what's your Instagram handle so they can find you D? Uh, my Instagram handle is actually my name, Dion Bingham. Okay. At Dion Bingham listeners, yes. if you want to go to the book, cause you know, everybody is, what's, what's your IG info? You know, everybody is so... <laughs> social media uh oriented now everything is they go they, they want to go there oh i heard the show what i want to see the book i want to see what she looks like and everything because due to um the whole pandemic everybody Birdman, uh we're me and dion we're not in the studio we're in different locations but when all this is over i will be bringing the guests back we'll be in the studio taking pictures having a great time like we normally do but um, I think uh, Dion did an awesome job, everybody, for her first radio debut. It, you heard it first on the Birdman show for her book, Poise, Pain, the beautiful, talented writer, Miss, Mrs. Dion Bingleman. Do you have any shout outs, Dion? Um, yes, um, one way, I just want to fix something. I looked on my Instagram, but I wasn't sure. They can actually use the at Hariah Kati, so it's the at sign, H-U-R-I-Y-A-K-A-T-I-B. That's H-U-R-I-Y-A-K-A-T-I-B. That's actually dedicated to uh, my freedom um, business, which is helping people be free. Um, I do want to shout out my parents. Um, thank God for them. I, I want to shout out my husband, my wonderful husband, who's sitting right here next to me, all up in everything. Um, <laughs> I'm give him one because he's hilarious. I want to shout out my children. Um, just everybody that supported me and everybody that purchased the book already, I'm grateful and thankful for that. Thanks for the support. Yes, Deanna. And this was, a, look, this was an awesome, fabulous interview. And what I'm going to do is... This entire interview, I'm going, I'm going to upload it. You will have it on your page so everybody can hear you. If, whoever didn't tune in now, I'm going to text it to you. And I'm going to post it on your Facebook page as well. I'm going to tag you. So you will have the interview. I will send it to you as far as text. So you can send it to all the people that you need to do and put it on your Instagram and whatever. So compliments of the Birdman show. We always like to give our guests a copy of their interview so they can have it as a souvenir and say, Hey, I was on the Birdman show. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. So yes. Yes. Dion. 
And listen, this you did a you did an awesome interview. Can you believe that you spoke for thirty minutes straight? And that is awesome. And I didn't have to to pull questions out. You are an excellent interviewer, and you really really flowed. That is so awesome. That is awesome, Dion. You. you did. Thank you. That's a shout out to the truth, right? That's what exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This is the beautiful Mrs. Dion Bingham, the author of Poise Pain. Check her out on Instagram and Facebook, and please, please purchase her book. Go to my Facebook page, um, the Joey's Birdman Show. You'll see her picture. You'll see her holding a book. I will post the interview for people who didn't catch it. If you wanted your friends or family to listen to it, you can listen to it. Dion will have it on her page as well as Dion Bingham. And I know she'll probably tag her husband. So all of these outlets, you'll be able to hear the, the whole entire show for those who may have missed it or want to tune in to listen to it again. This was a live stream, everybody. You know, the Birdman doesn't do any pre-recording. He's all the way live. Okay. That's right. So there you have it, the Birdman Show. Um, we're out. Thank you for coming, Dion. And shout out, yes, shout out to Mr. Bingham. We're going to have him on. We're going to have him on for for uh, my uh, other segment, my other show, Sex and Slow Jam, so he can throw buckets of holy water for all of my <laughs> listeners. That's list, Yeah, all of my listeners that's listening now, and I'm going to bring... Uh, Minister uh, Bingham back on with he's going to have like about 13 gallons of holy water that we're going to be dishing out. Yes, indeed. Dion, have a great day and um, keep checking your phone because the interview is get ready to come to you and it's going to be on your page. All right. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Have a good one. <laughs>